Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps the believer in Jesus Christ to seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For anyone who comes to God must not only believe that he exists, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I thank you for listening to this podcast and the fact that you're listening and hearing and share, letting me share the word of God with you. It, it just shows, it's proof, it's evidence. We need some evidence <laughs> to be convicted. It's evidence that you are a diligent seeker of the Lord Jesus and he rewards those that diligently seek him. He loves it when we share his word and hear his word. And so I feel so blessed uh, to start out the new year. Today is January 4th and to start out 2024 uh, with such a great message that God put on my heart this morning as I was uh, up early. Those of you that know me personally know that I love to start out my day with the word of God. I couldn't wait for that alarm clock to uh, roll over to five o'clock this morning so I could get up. I'm kind of a, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Maybe type A <laughs> with my devotions. But I, I like to, sometimes I wake up a little bit before five and I like to just sit there and just um, pray in my mind and just thank the Lord as I wake up and try to get the cobwebs out. And then at five, I get up and I love it, man. This time in the morning to me is so precious. I love to just get into God's word, uh, to open up my devotions, get some coffee, sit in my quiet room, in my prayer room, and with my coffee and the word of God and some devotions that the Lord led me to uh, just to get get my day kick-started and then dive right into the word. And that's what I'm gonna do today just to share with you what God shared with me. It's a message that's so simple yet so profound. It's so it's it's right there under our nose. It's so simple. It's it's God. And uh, what I wanted to start out with today is Matthew um, seven twenty four seven twenty four Matthew seven twenty four, and you know in seven twenty three, I'll I'll start with that actually if that's okay. Um, never are never have there been two verses that are so uh, encouraging, uh, or I should say first discouraging and then encouraging, frightening, terrifying, and then edifying. Um, and I'm talking about Matthew seven Matthew seven twenty three and seven twenty four. Seven twenty three is terrifying. It's one of the hardest verses in the Bible to read. But then, of course, right after it is 724, which is what we're going to key on. Sometimes you got to be a little bit terrified before you can get edified. So I'm going to read um, where, where um, actually, I'll start in 722, where Jesus will say, uh, Jesus says these words, these are red letter words. Many will say to me in that day, and he's talking about the day of judgment, and keep in mind, I don't believe this is the judgment seat, um, the Bema seat where we're judged for for our, um, where a believer is, is judged. I, this sounds like somebody coming in 722, somebody who's coming to the, to the separation, to the great white throne judgment. 
And they say to God on that day, many will say, have we not prophesied in thy name? And have not we cast out devils and done many wonderful works? Question mark. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Wow. Wow. Here are people that are doing works that they think were of God. They, they, uh, and at, at, the, at the judgment seat are, are bragging on their works and saying, we did this for you and we did that for you. So, you know, can we just come on in? And Jesus says, I never even knew you. These works that they were doing were good works. There's a lot of good people out there doing good works and some doing it in the name of God, in the name of Jesus. The Pharisees did that. In Matthew chapter 23, we read all the woes to the Pharisees. They sat in the seat of Moses. They knew the word of God at that time, the Torah, the five books of Moses and the prophets and what they had at that time as scripture they knew it backwards and forwards. They had to memorize it. Yet their works showed something else. I mean, this is this is terrifying, but again, this is edifying. And let's get to the good part. Okay, we had to eat the vegetables here and swallow some turnip greens and some some yucky tasting veg- vegetables here. Um, but let's get to the dessert, to the good part. Because And Jesus says in Matthew um, 7.24, well, let's read it. Let's read it all again. Seven twenty-two through twenty-four, and mix the and get the the vegetables, the meat, and and then the dessert. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not done many wonderful works? They're listing all the stuff that was wonderful and how wonderful they were. Think about that for a second, and then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker you workers of iniquity. Therefore, here's 724, that's what we want to key on today. Therefore, whosoever, that's you and I, or whosoever's, (laughs) whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house but it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, he will be likened, and and, I'm sorry, and everyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, he's like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand, and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew, and it beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The rock of God's word you know this, I looked this up in the concordance and when Jesus says in Matthew seven twenty four, that's our key verse, our focal verse for the day, our focal point, whoever hears his sayings, talking about his word, the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible, the basic instructions before leaving earth, hears these sayings that are written in the Bible, in the scripture, recorded words of Jesus himself, Whoever hears those sayings and does them is a wise man who builds his house on a rock. In the concordance, that word rock is Petra. It's the same word Jesus said to Peter upon the rock. And he was talking about the rock of the revelation of God's word. 
upon, and, and, and it's used only 14 times in the New Testament, Petra. It's also the same word that, uh, that, they, that is talked about in Corinthians when it talks about Jesus, uh, the rock following around the children of Egypt in the desert. And, it, and in Corinthians, it talks about that rock being Christ. It's amazing. It's the same rock. It's Jesus himself. It also, um, in, I think it's first or second Peter. You're going to have to just find these yourself. Search a little bit. Do some work. Um, in, in first, I think it's first Peter or second Peter talks about the stumbling stone, the rock of offense. It's only used 14 times in the New Testament. This, this same rock is Jesus. And what I want to tell you today is that you can't separate the two. You cannot separate the word from the works. God, God is a master builder and he built everything that we see using his words. His words are his works. Jesus is called the word made flesh. In the beginning was the word, right at John. The beginning of Genesis, first chapter, God used his words Jesus was right there, spoke the world into existence. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were there at the beginning, Genesis 1. And God said, let there be light. And God said, and he called forth all those things that were not as though they were. And then they came, and they were. And Jesus in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God from the beginning. From Genesis 1. Isn't that amazing? You can't separate God's words from his works. Jesus himself, we're going to pivot here. We're going to go to John 14.10. And I want you to, when you read these scriptures, read around. Read 14, John 14, 9 through 21. But listen to this verse, 14.10 Jesus, you know, that's where he's telling his disciples, when you see me, you see in the Father. He says in nine, have I, not, I, I, have I not been with you all this time and yet you don't know me? Who has seen me has seen the Father. Whoever sees me has seen the Father. And you say, show us the Father. And then he says, John 14, 10, believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Don't you believe? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father who dwells in me, he doeth the works. Wait a minute, I thought you were talking to, you said the words that I speak, I speak not of myself, but the Father who dwells in me, he doeth the works. The words and the works are one. Believe that I'm, believe me that, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the work's sake, in verse 11. If you believe God, you believe his word. If you believe his word, you believe his works. And then he says, whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do it. He's showing us that he came to reveal the Father. The Son came to reveal the Father. And now today, fast forward, he sent us his Holy Spirit. His work is done. We're to reveal Jesus to this world. And that's why he says in John 
14, 13, and 14. He says it twice. Whosoever, that's you and I, remember? We're a whosoever. Whosoever shall ask anything in my name, that I will do. We do the word, he does the works. Man, if you catch this, this is gonna change your, not only change your world, but everybody around you is gonna be changed by God's word and his works done through you. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that I will do. He will do the word. He will do the works when we do the word that the father may be glorified in the son. And where is the son today? He's in you. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If we do God's word, he will do the works. The Holy Spirit will make good on it. He will make it manifest. Do you understand that? Are you catching this? And then in the next verse, he says, if you love me, keep these commandments. Like if you, if you really love me, you just do what I say. He's not talking about his love for you. God's not withholding his love from you. Don't get that wrong. Oh, oh, I want God to love me, so I'll do what he says. Like, like an afraid child, afraid of getting the beating. No, we're here today to get the blessing. Do what he says, and you'll experience his love. His love will be made manifest in you, the Bible says. To you, through you, around you. The overflow will hit everybody in the splash zone. The living word, the water of God's word will splash on them. When you do his word, he will do the works. I hope you're getting this. James 1.2.5 says, don't be, don't be somebody who's a hearer of the word only and not a doer. For somebody who hears God's word and then walks away is like a man who forgot who he was in the spirit. But be a doer of the works and you'll be blessed. Wait, I thought he said be a doer of the word. He did. Faith without works is dead. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing in hearing by the word of God. Remember that faith comes by hearing in hearing by the word of God, Romans 10. When you hear God's word and you act on it, you'll see the Holy Spirit do the works, manifest. It'll be Jesus doing it in you via the Holy Spirit. So simple yet profound, James 2.20 Faith comes by hearing the word and then doing his work. Faith without works is not faith at all. It's, it's dead faith. It's not even real faith. It's fake faith. It would be great, you know, you could, you could just see something in the Bible and, 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 um, and you just, you know, it's quickened to you. When you see something in the word of God, and it's quickened to you and you feel that life come in you and then you go do that, you share that life with other people. Billy Graham, he said once he got a hold, you know, he was struggling in his ministry as a young man and once he got a hold of the fact that and, and settled his mind that every word in that Bible is true, every promise is true, every jot and tittle is breathed out by God. 
everything in the Bible, all 66 books, once he set his heart to that, he said, Father, I believe in the same way that I'm saved by grace through faith. In the same way, I believe this is your word. And he said, once he settled that in his heart, his preaching took off for the next 40, 50 years. His ministry literally took off. And all he did, he said, is hope that whole, from that day forward as a young man, once he settled it, and he got over his double-mindedness double and he settled in his heart, this is God's word. The B-I-B-L-E, the Bible is God's word. All 66 books can be relied upon. I'm gonna build my foundation on it. Once he settled that, his ministry took off and all he said he ever did is said, the Bible says, the Bible says, and he said it held its own power. It held its own power. Look at the powerful ministry he had, how many were led to the Lord and came down and gave their lives to the Lord by hearing his preaching. And all he did, he said, is, is he just quoted the Bible. He just got into the scriptures. Absolutely amazing. Everything in my life lately that I've been struggling with, everything where I have a deficiency is just unbelief in God's word. Because there's a word for every worry. There's a promise for every problem. There's a verse for every adversity. All we gotta do is find it and believe it, and that settles it. One word from God can not only change the whole, whole course of our day, but it can change the whole course of our life. The word is quick, it's active and alive, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to cut through soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It shows us things that it gives us correction and redirection, it says. First Timothy, uh, the word study to show yourself approved as a workman of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. All of the scriptures God breathed. If Jesus needed to rely on the word of God when he was tempted right after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And what did he do to conquer the devil when he was tempted, when he was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights on our behalf? What did he show us? He showed us the power of God's word. It is written, he said to Satan, it is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And the devil tried to take the scriptures and twist them because he knows them. He knows the word of God better than most Christians do. He knows exactly how to manipulate it. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. It's given by inspiration of God and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, hello, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God equips you for every good work. Wow. Look at Luke 10, 37 and 38. Talk about two verses that really cause a separation. Luke 10, 37 Jesus says, go and do likewise. 
Well, if you look at the whole context of that scripture, it's, it's the last verse in the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus is talking to a lawyer, somebody who sat in, in the seat of Moses, who knew the law backwards and forwards, knew the word of God, the written word at that time, backwards and forwards. And he teaches him a story when the guy says, you know, Jesus says to him, to the lawyer, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, And then Jesus says, go and do, do that, and you'll live. You'll have eternal life. And the guy says, yeah, but who is my neighbor? And then Jesus teaches him. And he tells a story about a man that's busted, broken, and bruised. A description of every person we encounter today laying on the side of the road, half dead. That's the people today that describes the zombies that are walking around today, half dead. This guy is beaten, busted, broken, bruised, and left half dead by robbers, by the devil himself, who came to steal, kill, and destroy through a band of robbers, people of the flesh who were filled with the spirit of the Antichrist. And this guy just was pulverized and left half dead. And a Levite sees him, a man of God, on his way to church probably, and he passes by on the other side of the road. He purposely, purposefully acts like he doesn't see the guy. A priest and a Levite both do the same thing. I think the priest first and then the Levite. I might have that reversed, but two men of God says pass by on the other side, but a Samaritan comes along. The scum of the earth, Samaritan, who the Jews hated, the half-breed, the nobody, who the, the, the very one who the Pharisees and the religious leaders thought were damned to hell. And he makes him the hero. This guy stops and he bandages up the guy's wounds with oil. He pours wine in them. He takes him to an inn. He gives the innkeeper money, a couple pieces of silver to watch over this man while he finishes his journey. And he says, I'm gonna come back. He had a follow-up ministry. He said, I'm coming back. I'll be back to check on him. But he, he just does everything right by this man. And Jesus said, who was justified? And the, and the lawyer said, the man who showed mercy. And Jesus says, you're correct. Now go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Then in, in, in the very next verse, and that's 1037, the very next verse, 1038, the story shifts to the story of Mary and Martha, we immediately go into that story, the story of Mary and Martha. And he, and he, and he, Jesus goes to their house and Martha's busy. It says in the beginning that both Mary and Martha were sitting at the feet, they were sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha got up and started doing all these works Jesus never asked her to do any of these works. She was there sitting, listening to the word, and she got church busy. So she was doing all the works, but no one ever asked her to do them. And, and Mary sat there at the feet of Jesus, and Martha got pissed off. And she said to Jesus, man, my sister's not helping one bit. I'm here cooking all the pies and making all the, you know, getting everything ready here for, the, for, for making you a meal and all this. And my sister's just sitting there at your feet, listening to your words. And Jesus says, you know what? She made the better choice. No one ever asked you to serve me and to do all this stuff. 
She's sitting here hearing the word. She's chosen the better. She's sitting at my feet, listening to my words and soaking them up. And you're busy doing something that no one ever asked you to do. She's chosen the better and it will not be taken from her. Wow. That is so key and so vital. To sit at Jesus' feet, to start your day, and I'm closing with this. Start your day every day. Get up early. Be a disciple. That word has is 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 even sounds like the word dis discipline. Be disciplined in your faith. Rise up early. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Open up the word. Open up your heart. And hear what the Spirit of God is speaking through the word. And then go do it. Let the Spirit breathe on you when you open up God's word. All scriptures God breathed. And then be a doer of the word. And watch God move in your life. Hear from God. And go and do what he tells you in the scriptures. And watch how fine-tuned you get by the Spirit of God. I hope this has blessed you and I hope you can share this with someone else.